Hello and welcome to After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's Boxing Show with me, Martin Don, with George Groves and with Declan Taylor. No time off for us over Christmas. We hope you had a good one, a safe one, and now I'm sure you're all back in lockdown. So instead of looking back, and given there was no boxing of note this weekend, we're going to look ahead to 2021. Cannot get any worse. We're going to start with our three fights to look forward to. Then I'm going to ask Deck and George some, some questions. I'm going to ask them to, to look into their crystal ball over the next 12 months. And then finally, we will look ahead to the first big fight of the new year next weekend as Luke Campbell travels to Dallas to take on Ryan Garcia. If you're watching the show, please do give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, please do rate and review. Gents, I trust you had a good Christmas. Yep, very good. It was good. Weird one. It was a weird one. Wasn't it? It was a weird old year. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we we weren't. That, I weren't that family that brought up what the went to the pub on Christmas like morning and then came home you know, two o'clock for dinner. We never did that, so never noticed any difference. We were always at home, enduring each other, which is great. We love each other. Said with such conviction. Yeah. No. Um. But it was good. It was good. It was good. What is what has been good about, if you like, the fact that there are no fans in boxing? We don't have to wait two months for a big fight. That's the one thing. Normally, it's quiet at the start of the new year because no one's got any money to buy tickets. But as I said earlier, we, we go straight into it with Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia. But that's a fight that is done and dusted. It's going to happen. Let's talk dream fights for next year. We'll do. Let's take one at a time. George, give me your give me your top one that you want to see next year. Yeah, we really, we just um, put, we we definitely saying we're definitely saying it goes without saying that we all want to see Joshua Fury and we all want to see Spence uh, against uh, Crawford. We 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 all agree on that, right? We all say you know, that they're because, the dream fights for you. Well, I don't know. I want to see Joshua Fury. I know that, but and I want to also. I want to also. Uh, is there a caveat here that they're totally dream? As in, some of my fights would never happen. They can't happen. They won't happen. And they don't make any sense for the fighters, business-wise and stuff. But I still want to see them. Right? I'm just putting that out there. So you took <laughs> you took the word dream <laughs> and run with it. I like that. Literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't be couldn't be more dreamy. No, uh, mine are perfectly feasible. Do I think? Yeah. Do I think two of the three will happen? No, but they're, they're feasible. But listen, this is this is the game we're in. So. If you've got bigger dreams than we do, Declan, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I've gone, I mean, mine are, are not even dreams. I just picked fights <laughs> that I thought were going to happen that I thought might be good to watch next year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, All right, let's have your first one, Judge. Uh, uh, first one, I'll go Taylor Ramirez then. Um, Josh Taylor, uh, like Welterweight against Ramirez, who I think has still got the other two belts. I don't know if any have gone vacant or whatnot. So I just... Love the idea of another unified champion in 2021. Um, I think it's a great fight. Um, Taylor, uh, you know, I was witnessed him make such a massive, massive improvement uh, when I was training alongside him in London. Um, you know, he went into the World Boxing Series, um, Super Series, um, in, in the second instalment. And um, as you know, he went in as, as a seeded fighter, but even before them, I didn't know where he was going to go in. He was a relative novice, in, you know, on paper and in terms of 
you know, the big boys in the, in the division, but um, came through three great fights, came out as a unified world champion. And now uh, he's one fight away from having all the belts. So I, you know, I'd love to see that fight. Um, it'd be another Brit. You, well, you know, Britain's been a while. So we had a Brit unified with all the belts. So, um, and he's capable of it. He's terrific talent. And um, I'd like to see it, I'd like to see it happen. Uh, I think if it doesn't happen next year, then the belts probably will be dispersed and, um, you know, it might not happen. So, yeah, sooner rather than later for that fight. Definitely feels like one that should happen. Maybe I think they're talking now around April, May. And of course, uh, Jack Cashel stepped aside on WBO. So in theory, no roadblocks. Declan, give me your one fight that definitely won't happen, but you really, really hope it will. Well, this one is Lomachenko against Javonta Davis. Um, Lomachenko obviously, uh, obviously beaten by Teofimo Lopez and written off a bit. And he's certainly come out with some strange stuff, like some great excuses from some. You'd expect someone that great to have a load of excuses. But um, I think the Davis fight is a really nice style matchup. Uh, a couple of southpaws, but sometimes it works. And it's, you know, it would be the chance for Lomachenko to prove that he's a little wizard again against a, a bit of a wrecking ball in Davis. Um, yeah, that's that's my one. And, and it would be massive. Whoever wins that would be... Um, I think Davis, the jury's out a little bit on him. He's had a slow career, um, or at least it, it hasn't gone as everyone would have imagined, but he beat um, Leo Santa Cruz with arguably knockout of the year, and now he needs a big one. That would be a massive scalp, but then obviously Lomachenko's trying to come back. So that's, I mean, that could happen as well. There's a lot of matchups in that division. I just really like that one for all the other little angles for it. Does sound like Lomachenko will come back. He's had a bit to say about his defeat, so hopefully it's in a proper fight, uh, if you like. Maybe not that one, but my first one is Features Canelo, who it would seem will be back in action in a couple of months. A homecoming in Mexico against Anvil Yodrum, which, you know, listen, I'm sure nobody really wants to see, but at least it's an extra fight by the looks of things. Great stuff from you, Mark. Yildrim versus Canelo is a dream. <laughs> Great shout. He's always, ever since he was a kid, he's just been dreaming of it. Yeah. <laughs> let me get there. Let me yeah. get there. And then, and then he's probably going to fight Billy Joe Saunders in May. Some talk about a two-fight deal with his own. But then in when we fight September, it's got to be Batavia for me. And I'll tell you why. We know Canelo can fight all the super middleweights he wants. But it's not going to tell us anything, probably, other than he's the best super middleweight in the world. And we know that. And sure, you'll get some nice belts and his trophy cabinet will be bolstered. But this is a legacy fight. This is a fight to say, listen, I am the man. Just the man. Not just the man at 168, but the man. Go up to 175 again. He's been there before. Sure, it wasn't as tough a test. But that, those are the fights that you, you write your, your name into boxing folklore with. So... That's why I want to see you till the end of the year. Harsh. I do. <laughs> Harsh on Canelo. It's funny, actually. I got, I'm got. i sure he won't mind me telling me that, telling you this, but Rob Tebbett from Boxing Social messaged me the other day. Very simple. Four words. Canelo v. Char. Who wins? Manuel Char, heavyweight. Oh. Probably still WBA regular, I think. Probably is. <laughs> who wins? Could Canelo beat Manuel Char? Absolutely, that's an easier fight than yeah. Batavia. Than Batavia, yeah. Um, 
Lee Johnson. 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 We were going to see the first, I think it would have been the first, all-Mexican heavyweight world title fight, and he was going to fight um, Andy Ruiz. And I'd pick him to beat Ruiz. Um, <laughs> but that didn't happen. So, yeah, it could, it, could, it could happen. Okay, number two from you, George. Um, let's have a look. I think I, I went Spence, Spence Pacquiao. I think that can happen. I'd like to see that. Um it's got to be got to be Spence's toughest fight to date. Maybe he had a great win over Garcia the other day, but will Pacquiao be a bit tougher? Something else to think about. Pacquiao's rolling back the years and he can punch. And I don't know. I just think that'd be a great fight, a great fight for next year. Um, you know, we didn't put Crawford um, Crawford Spence in. Um, obviously, that is the one in the division. But if you know if that don't happen, which I'm not sure it will next year. Um, I've gone Pacquiao Spence. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be fascinating. Um, it might be another measuring stick for, for Spence and it'd be a huge scalp to get Pacquiao, you know, win over Pacquiao. Um, and likewise, it might just be oh, if Pacquiao beats him, you know, where well, this guy is superhuman. So um, that's a fight I want to see. does make plenty of just, sense. Let me just give me, a, give me a sec. I'm just getting up Pacquiao's record because... I looked at it the other day, and his last... This is his last run of fights. Keith Thurman, Adrian Broner, Lucas Matisse. He obviously lost, lost to Horn in a close one. But if you look, since he lost to Mayweather, he's got one of the best runs going. Tim Bradley, Jesse Vargas. The Horn fight could have gone either way. Okay, he lost on his record. Matisse, Broner, Thurman. Imagine he stuck Spence on there. When everyone thinks he's finished, or, or Crawford, any of them. It's just, He's a legend already. First ballot Hall of Famer, 100%. But... Imagine that. Imagine that for his for his legacy. Mm. And presumably a, a doable fight as well. You know, it's not perfectly... If, if, if Crawford doesn't fight Spence, or Spence doesn't fight Crawford, then he should be looking for Pacquiao, who you would think, you know, come spring, summer, when he returns to the ring. And I can't imagine Pacquiao would turn down the fight. I'm sure there's plenty of money in it. No chance. Declan, number two. This one's a bit of a a bit of a curveball. It it was talked about a bit um, a few years ago, but it's sort of gone quiet now. But a domestic humdinger at middleweight or up a few pounds if necessary, Liam Williams against Chris Eubank Jr. Because Liam Williams needs a big fight, obviously super talent, and since he's been at middleweight, looks like a machine. Uh, and Chris Eubank Jr. We haven't seen you know what, what was his last fight? The the dodgy shoulder against Korobov, I think. Um, and he's sort of gone quiet. He was gonna. There was rumours he'd be out this month, um, but he never did. It'd be great as a journalist. We love covering Chris Eubank Jr. It's always, um, always sort of gets in the paper. So him against Williams would be would be a great one. I remember they had a bit of back and forth, forth a few years ago. Eubank basically saying, "Who is this guy?" Um, I think star wise, it'd be really good as well. So I'd love to see that. I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't happen either, but. Um, I assume that Eubank will probably start campaigning in America a bit more. Um, so Williams might not be the, the, the opponent for him business-wise, but I think that would be absolutely, that would be such a good, it would be a war, I think, from the start. It certainly feels feasible. Like if if Demetrius Andre had vacated 
or still could, I suppose, his title. Liam Williams then fought for the vacant title and won it. Then it becomes, why not? There's a world title on the line. Feels like it's uh, that's not too outlandish of you. I think the build-up. I think the build-up would be great as well because we always see it with you. Whoever he fights, even when he fought George, you know the build-up's always great. Um, no matter who who the opponent is, I think William. I just think it'd be amazing. It'd be good to get him back over here as well, and you know back it back amongst it. You do sort of get forgotten about a bit when you're in America, um, and obviously he's very wealthy. So it's, I feel like he's not. I don't know whether he's really got anything to fight for anymore. I don't know. I guess it's down to him to prove it, but that would be amazing. The presses would be great. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility either. I love that statement from you there, Deck. That he's fantastic to see Eubank Jr. Even when he boxed me, it was worth listening to. I said the build-up because what I meant is that he doesn't always get dragged in. You know, you don't. You never always got dragged in. I know, people, you especially you because you didn't want. No, but you didn't want to get. You didn't want to give people the the, the sort of satisfaction of oh, yeah, feeling what they got no, on you your skin. You but I remember them. You don't deserve it. Exactly that. Um, I remember the presser in was it up in Manchester when you said it was our big piece for Saturday morning. When you said I would have beaten the dad as well. It was just it was just great. That build up was, was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to set him back in deck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My my second one is is perfectly feasible. Uh, it's a rematch, so it's obviously feasible because it's happened before. It's Lee <laughs> McGregor and Cash Farouk. They've done it once in Glasgow. Time to do it again in Edinburgh. Uh, I think Lee McGregor's out in January in a European title fight. Cash Farouk just fought for Matchroom. I think it's basically agreed in principle, so I've kind of cheated quite a lot. But do you think there's going to be a different, a different result? Do you think there'll be a different result? Well, that dep- I think that depends if you think... The result was fair because I think, if I remember correctly, I think I thought Cash Root won, and so obviously Lee McGregor got the nod. So, quite, mm, no, I think Lee McGregor will win this one. So no, the same result. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's a, both of them are. I, I want to see. I'd love to see like Cash Root against someone like Mark Leach as well. But that McGregor fight seems like they could do three of them, doesn't it, or four? They could just box each other forever. I'm sure um, you would like that. Definitely. George, <laughs> number three. Yeah, number three we've already done. I had um, Alvarez versus um, Triple G. Um, I think, yeah, someone, might be one of us, probably, like I think, 24 rounds. We still don't have a clear winner. Let's go again. Um, but we've done that one. So I'm trying to think. Of, skip me and I'll think of one before we come back to the, before I get to the end. Okay. I've got one. I've got another British humdinger. Again, we mentioned it last week. And the more I think about it, the more it makes great sense. Again, would never happen. So let me just put that out there. But Callum Smith <laughs> moves up to light heavyweight and boxes Joshua Buatzi in another domestic humdinger. You see where I'm coming from, though. As a journalist, the domestic fights get in. They People people love them. And, you know, it's not going to happen because they're both with Matchroom and they're both big names. And they're sort of... It's very risky for Smith and... Maybe it's too soon for Buatzi. Who knows? But I assume Smith's going to go up one and then Buatzi needs a big fight. Smith will, won't will go straight into like a world title fight up there, having lost against Canelo. So I, I love that fight. Um, I love that fight. I could have done three from that division alone, but um, chuck Callum Smith in there as well. That would be, that's my, uh, that's my third one. Mm. 
one that you cannot guarantee fireworks in the press conference. No, I think it'll be real quiet build up. Yeah, they're both such <laughs> nice guys. I'm, no, like they're not going to have a go at each other, are they? But um, or maybe they would. Maybe they would. I, I mean, it's hard. To, I can't even pick a winner there because Smith's got the, um, I, I guess, the experience at the top level, um, but. He's obviously covering up a weight and we don't really know how good Boatsy's going to be yet. Um, he's sort of been a bit lacklustre in in fights where he should have, or we, everyone expected him to be really explosive. So I think, again, he's one of these where he needs a real test in front of him. That would be it. I'd love that. Yeah, I think that is the whole point of a dream fight. You know, it's not it's not Thank you. unrealistic in the, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, but given the sport we're in, it's unlikely. But... Let me give you this one. Terence Crawford against Josh Taylor, which I think Ooh. is doable because if Josh Taylor fights Jose Ramirez and wins all the belts, now I'm not convinced for us to, to start with that he then fights, if he wins, that he then fights Jack Cattrall. I'm not, I know he said he will, but promises are you know, often fickle. So I'm thinking he doesn't because it's not happening until, as I said, spring, summer. So it doesn't give him a lot of time to fit in three fights. So he's looking at two fights in 2021. And if he's got the WBO and he moves up, I'm, I am right in saying that he then becomes... Yeah, first crack. And if yeah. Terence Crawford's still sticking around, there you go. Both both with top rank. And it's who's going to earn him more money, Catterall or, or Crawford? Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good shout. I never really thought about that. If he does win them all, we probably will go up, won't he? And then Catterall fights for a vacant belt. And that's a good one. <clears throat> was just a favour. Great, great one for the fans. If you are advising Taylor... Um, maybe don't go up a new division and fight pound for pound. I'll agree on the best fight yeah. in the world. Yeah, <laughs> maybe have one fight to settle in a little bit. But the argument was, I suppose, was that top rank don't have many opponents for um, um, Crawford, and that's why they signed Taylor anyway. And but I mean, unless times have changed, Taylor seemed to make the light welterweight limit comfortably. It would purely be a choice to move up, as in he'd run out of you know big fights or opponents, um, or just wanted a new challenge, you know, because he'd sort of completed the division. Um, he's ballsy. He definitely he's got he's got serious nuts. Taylor, he would not shy away from that fight, and he'd want he'd see it as a huge legacy fight. Um, the worldweight division is fantastic. So sooner he gets up to it, the better, because there's going to be so many huge fights for him out there. Um, but yeah, whoa, straight in it, straight in with Crawford might be. Uh, I think that the the comfort would be that Crawford's come up as well. You know, over the years he's come up to worldweight. He's not just a full blown huge worldweight. You know, he probably would fight at middleweight and just boil down. So um, yeah, great fight, great shout. Have you got a third one, George? Actually, me, yeah, third one. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't. I can't think of any boxers now. <laughs> Let me give you some suggestions. Yeah, go on in. Let me give you some suggestions from uh, from Big Soups. I don't know if he's a friend of the show, but Canelo versus Spence. That was sort of talked about a little bit on the broadcast. I told you. Year. You la- You laughed it down. You were like, "Man, what are you going on about?" Uh, I'm telling you. Well, it's, 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 it's in, it's in it's the works. Yeah. No, Spence don't want any of that. You know. You can't you can't do one one hand say he's gonna fight better by of um and then spend this <laughs> thing. I'm telling you though, because you would get what they would get a hundred thousand or whatever it is in oh, Texas. Can it. imagine I've it in Texas? Texas I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Go on then. Logan Paul versus Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're trolling for the, for the WBC YouTuber belt. He's trolling. 
<laughs> the thing is, that's probably that might be one of the more realistic ones. Yeah, that's probably is. Mega fight. Mega fight. Okay, they should do a tournament, like a I don't know, like a world world super super tuber series or something. Will those two brothers fight each other? Are they, are they like the Klitschko's, or are they ready to have it? I think they're, they're <laughs> fewer models the, than the Klitschko, so yeah, they'll do it. They'll usually <laughs> bring one in to camp, and the big brother bashes him up, and then they feed him to the younger brother. It's a process, you know. So from the playbook, the playbook you hear the playbook said a lot in American journalism now. So. <laughs> George Groves going into YouTube boxing promoting next year. You heard it here first. What about Deontay Wilder against Dillian White? Oh, good fight. Good fight. Um, Dillian White ain't shy about um, giving Wilder grief. Wilder posted a picture the other day of a Rolls Royce that he had pimped out, and I was offended. It was offensive. Like, no one wrote anything on the comments. It was like... I don't know how Rolls Royce would allow that to happen. You know, it's like there's certain brands out there, you know, prestigious. What they did? What did he do with it? I only looked at it quickly. I couldn't stare at it any longer. It like painted like I don't know fire. You know, it pimped it. It pimped it out, Deontay Wilder style. But it lost all class, and it was just it was an atrocity. It was it fitted Wilder. It was a big old, big old, big old car. I think it was the um, the SUV version. But um, yeah, that'd be a great fight. Great fight because I think White's got a great chin. Like you, you know, he's been, I know he's been over before in the past, but he's got a good chin. Um, sometimes he takes shots full blooded, like, um, but he's still sort of there. You know, um, Wilder find detonate that big right hand on his on his on his chin. If not, uh, would he, um, if he's have a Wilder, you know, to, if he gets beat again. But uh, that'd be a great fight. Very good fight. Yeah, I, th- I wouldn't see White being able to navigate through 12 rounds without getting caught with a big one. But he might be able to get to Wilder before. And who knows what Wilder's going to be like now when he comes back after that beating he took from Fury. I think it's going to change him. So I'd love that. I mean, there's some great fights at heavyweight outside of the big one. You could put Ru- Andy Ruiz in with the, either of those guys as well. You've got Ortiz still knocking around as well. It'd be, um, yeah, but... It's funny, isn't it? Because Dylan White called for that fight when Wilder was a champion. He wasn't up for it. Now he's not a champion anymore. He's calling out Dylan White. It's funny how uh, funny how it goes. Mm. Stanley is one possible for next year. Now, I'm looking forward to this, actually. I'm going to ask you, hmm, what have we got? Maybe a dozen questions. Don't think about it too much. Basically about what, you know, your predictions for the year ahead. And then in 12 months' time, if we're all still here, we'll we'll have a look back and see who was correct. So the first one is, I'll do one at a time, George, then to deck. Who will be Ring Magazine's pound for pound number one at the end of 2021? George. Errol Spence. Canelo. Easy. He's going to box three times next year. It's easy, easy work. Okay. How many heavyweight world champions, WBC, WBO, IBF, WBA, just the main one, will there be at the end of 2021? Two. Yeah, two. Okay. Will Jack Catro fight either Josh Taylor or Jose Ramirez? No. No. 
<laughs> Unanimous, almost so far. Well, no, which of the following will hold a full lightweight world title? No email champions by the end of the year. Devin Haney, Teofimo Lopez, Javonta Davis, Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell. Teofimo Lopez and Javonte Davis. Who's the second one again? Haney, Lopez, Davis. Yeah, Haney. Garcia. I think it'll be Haney, Haney and Lopez will have a couple, will have the belts. The other three won't have anything. Well, they will have something, but it won't be the belt, a proper ones. In a similar vein, will Vasily Lomachenko have a world title? Will he win a world title next year? Anyway. Yeah. 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 Okay. But Lomachenko has been matched hard from the start. Like that's he's uh he'll fight anyone, I, I believe that. He ain't good looking for an easy touch. He's made to work hard for his money, you know, for his prestige. You know, he's pound for pound the best fighter in the world and they get him to do tricks like a bear in a circus from the 1920s, you know. Do juggle for us, Lomo. Like, I'd love to see someone tell Canelo to juggle for, for the behind the rows. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. So, yeah. Actually, can I just... On the lightweight one, I just realised, I mean, when you asked that, actually, I see Lopez moving up and vacating everything by the end of next year. So... Um, and I reckon Lomachenko will win one of them. So get him in there. I reckon he'll win a lightweight, lightweight belt at some point next year. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. There are nine full world champions from Britain and Ireland, male and female, right now. How many will there be in 12 months' time? Are we including women then? Is that absolutely female boxing as well? 30? <laughs> how many how many women world, how many female boxers have we got they pick one up one a week they're doing exceptionally well um that's a good point so we anyone, do you reckon anyone's got to win a bridge away title oh that's the next question come on now. all right let's, let's carry on with this one. i'm just checking i'm just having a quick look at the rankings to see who we've got in and around them because you can guarantee that they'll get a couple will pick titles up, but then someone always loses one. You know, um, I reckon we'll I reckon we'll have twelve by the end of next year, and yeah, a few a couple more women in there. Um, if you look at the champions we've got, who's going to lose? Like Josh Warrington looks like he'll be all right for next year. Maybe Frampton will win another belt. Who knows? Okay, twelve from deck. George, you've got that. You can go higher or lower. I'll stick with nine. I'll stick with nine. Higher or lower, I'll stick, stick with, with nine. nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Interesting. Will Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren break bread in 2021? In other words, will they have a slap-up meal for two? No way. They're going to shut restaurants for the next 10 years. You've got to stay at home, <laughs> in your box. Tier 12. Yeah, tier 12. Um, <laughs> it's the end of the world. They might... Um, they might team up together to get vaccinated and then um, <laughs> they'll sit side by what side. Paranoid. I mean, the paranoia in in boxing is unbelievable. So Frank will be worried that, that Eddie's not really getting the, the jab. He's getting saline solution. Um, <laughs> you know, um, is no. I'm going to say no, no, no to the to the breaking bread. We don't want them to break bread. We want them to be angry, and and you want you want the promoters to dislike each other. It forces you to be a better a better promoter. Yeah, every now and again the fights can't get made, but 
the money's there the fight does get made um you gotta have some competition you know if there's only one promoter who's got everyone the stand the boxing just goes down the toilet so um you've got i mean good long live you know the rivals frank at times had to hang on in there and i'd be hangs on in there for uh, many years to come yeah i don't see it i reckon if they were gonna if they were going to the one fight that they would come together for is fury joshua but i feel like they'll go other ways like they'll speak to fury's management company they'll speak to bob arum they won't necessarily have to break bread but i think it's written actually in tier four that's the one asterisk it's like <laughs> Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn are allowed to meet in a restaurant. That's the only, it's the only allow allowance. But I don't see it happening. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Which weight divisions will we see in the next World Boxing Super Series? You can have as many as you like, but I guess George probably like, knows this. George probably knows this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the Super I, Series. I, mean, game. I wasn't even sure if there was going to be another one. Like oh, exclusive. Boxing. I mean, they it's like to move cruiserweights. You know, you wouldn't want to back against cruiserweights yeah. again. It's like, uh, I think Callum's favourite, you know, uh, favourite division. Um, there's a, it's a, it's a they, you know, they usually go smaller division for some action, bigger division for, uh, because that's what, you know, they believe the world wants to see. Light heavyweights would be cool. See if they can get, I think they can get some real decent light heavyweights, affordable light heavyweights that are willing to fight each other with a couple of belts in there as well. Um, if you sign up, I don't know what better buyers' purses are, you know. Um, if you can get like one or two of the champions in there, then the rest will follow. I'm going to go, I'm going to go light heavyweight. I'm going to go. I think what they're going to do more so than how it was when George boxed in it is they're going to look at, rather than looking at the champions, they're going to target the sort of second tier and it's like best of the rest winner emerges as the sort of number one contender because if you look through the divisions, you just see a lot of the champions just aren't going to do it and they're not going to, they're managed already, you know, that it's not the right thing to do. Light heavyweight, and that's why cruiserweight's always a good shout because a lot of them or, you know, some of the big boys are with Sauerland already, so it sort of makes sense. But, um what about super bantamweight? Uh, I can mm. see super bantamweight. You've got, you've got a lot of guys in there, not big names. Angelo Leo's WBO champion. You've got Lewis Neary. You know, all of that lot still knocking about. So super bantam. It's, it's, it needs to be a division where the, the names are not massive. They're not massive, earning real big money yet. Um, and then they would be happy to sign up. So I'll say super bantam. Okay. Interesting. Will Conor McGregor have a second professional boxing fight in 2021? Uh, maybe. Probably. Uh, I, I haven't followed the news lately in terms of McGregor. Is he, is he, on, is he on the cusp of fighting someone else? Uh, no, he's back in the UFC next month. So, for now, yeah, he's... I'll say no. I'll say no. I mean, you know, it's got to be worth his while. Um, and without, I don't know, depends what the pay per view sales are saying, and if crowds can come in the US. Um, if they do it, I don't know, Texas don't have no COVID laws, and they can fill 60,000 to a, some sort of stadium or something, and maybe, but um, I don't know, I don't know, don't care. I don't, I don't <laughs> see it. I think, yeah, I don't see it. Uh, I guess Manny Pacquiao is the one that c could happen, 
Um, I just feel like next year is going to be a bit strange the first six months because of the vaccine and all that sort of business. But the one guy, um, the the brother who like sent the video about him and like mentioned his Conor McGregor's wife and stuff. I just feel like if you're Conor McGregor right now, you're going to go, I ain't giving this guy a payday. Like he's got, you know, there's calling someone out and then there's calling someone out and and, and, and therefore not getting the fight. A bit like with Amir Khan and Kel Brook, not that they ever got that bit, but Amir Khan never really wanted to give Kel Brook a payday. So I feel like that would have been the one. Would it be, I guess it would have had to be a boxing match. Would you call that a professional boxing match? I don't know, I guess so. That's the one fight I could see him having, but I feel like Matey Boy's just gone about gone about it the wrong way, and he's in, he's going to end up getting chinned at backstage somewhere and not making any money for it. Fair point. In a similar vein, sorry, how many punches will Logan Paul land on Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> as many as Floyd lets him to lets him, it might be like two for a laugh. It's, yeah, it's, I was going to say it's totally entirely choreographed <laughs> on on Mayweather's part it's like they've probably they've probably got their little stats there before the fight starts right let him hit you with two in the first round four in the second round <laughs> give him a big third round he can hit you with six and then uh, you know and then you just give him one around from then after then um and <laughs> how many times did the Japanese guy hit him wasn't many was it if if any <laughs> I've never seen it <laughs> so if he's, if he's in that if he's in that sort of mood which he might be he might just yeah, it might be a one-one. I mean, let's be honest. Mayweather could finish that within ten seconds if he wanted to, like if he really wanted to. So zero, I guess, is the safe bet. Oh, give me a number, George. <laughs> Wait, I've only got to beat Deck. I'll go one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a clean sheet. This is wins. Back to the serious stuff. For how many rounds will Anthony Joshua? And Tyson Fury share a ring in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening, Mark. It's not happening. Oh, it's not happening. Look, you've got, you've, got, you've got Tyson Fury, who's got something to do with Frank Warren, who's signed to do with Bob Aaron, signed to do with MTK, a lot of things to get over the line on a rival network with ESPN. And you've got Joshua, who's setting up his uh, management company, who's mentioning more and more and more, signing up fighters. Is he starting to move away from Eddie Hearn and their zone deal? Are we all going to be... What are we going to watch if that fight does happen? What platform are we going to watch it on next year in the UK? Are we going to watch it on zone? Are we going to watch it on BT? Are we going to watch it on Sky? Box Office? Um Maybe we could get it on it. It's Channel 5. I'll be, I'll be excited. I'll get to cover it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no one's got Reddit and the odds of where the venue's going to be. Yeah. I, reckon, I reckon they're going to share 14 rounds, right? They're going to do 12 rounds. Fury's going to nick a decision or, you know, it'll be reasonably clear, but there'll be a scream up. Then they'll have a massive rematch sort of of the, you know, magnitude and build-up of, of Frotch Groves 2. And then after two rounds, someone's going to get cut and it'd be a no contest. It'd be the biggest disappointment in British boxing history. So Jeez. 14 rounds. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you two just... Uh, listen, all I know now for sure is that you've written yourself out of the six-month build-up we're going to have on this show for, uh, for Josh Fury. It's on to something there. I'm not going to go 14. If it does happen, it would just be... Four rounds, um, and yeah, clash of heads, 
stopped on the on a cart <laughs> four rounds. Fury wins. Um, you know, three rounds to one, and then the box again. <laughs> what about you, Martin? What do you think? What? How many rounds do you reckon that we'll get out of those two? I think the first one nine. Fury will do the business in nine. Wow. Actually, I am not convinced. I'm not convinced there'll be a second one. So I'll go with nine. But I'm, I'm a little bit, in all seriousness, I'm a little bit, I'm not sure how this is going to work time-wise because it ain't going to happen in England now this summer because, you know, we can't get a crowd in. You're not going to get 100,000 people into Wembley. It's not going to be allowed. So they're going to have to go to Saudi. But can they go to Saudi in the summer when it's like 50 degrees or whatever? Then you've got Ramadan, which I don't think they'd be able to box during then. Um and then you're into like September, October, November. So maybe it will only be one. They'll only be, and then actually it will probably then get to like December, and they'll go to Saudi for it. So maybe within a year, this this follow up show that we do one year from now will be the we would have sort of be discussing the twelve rounds um, controversial decision, whoever, whichever way it goes. All right. So what are your final answers? Twelve. None. Okay. <laughs> Right, next question. How many Bridgerweight world champions will be crowned in 2021? How many what, sorry? Exactly. <laughs> Bridgerweight, the new division between cruiserweight and heavyweight. Oh, right. Bridgerweight, yeah. I, I like the idea of this. I know it's got so oh, much no. stick. But I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Why not have a new division? you still got the heavyweights. Um, but you do need... You do, I mean, surely you need... A, I mean... There are cruiserweights out there that would be dead against it because they can't get to 16 stone, but they can get to 15 stone and fight a heavyweight. Um, but I think times have moved on. It's time, it's time to, to, yeah, to bridge that bridge that gap between cruiser and heavyweight. You know, bridge pound, it. Is, who say, is, I mean, is Fury pound for pound best fighter you know, in the world? Say. He is, in some ways, a pound-for-pound pound fighter. He beat Wilder. He's three stone bigger than him. You know, three stone heavier than him. Uh, it's not a fair fight in some ways, you know. It's not Tyson Fury's fault. It's just how it is. Some guys are, you know, in regular weight divisions, some guys are huge, some guys are small. Just that's how you are. But um, heavyweight, it is a free-for-all, you know. And excluding the guys like a natural cruiserweight who knows the cruiserweight is moved up for the payday. But there are a couple of heavyweights out there who just can't make cruiserweight properly, um, but are never going to be 19 stone, six foot eight, you know, crazy. So I don't know. I, I, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan. Of, I mean, it won't take long to to establish itself. All it does, is, but the, 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 the sad thing will be that it will totally devalue the cruiserweight division entirely almost. And, um, the, you know, whatever the, the, the bridging, the bridge division would be, um, won't be that glorious either. Might it might take a few a few names to uh to win something at it before it's you know embedded in properly. But I don't know. Oh, I think I think I think we will have to have it at some point. Once we get on board with it. I think there'll maybe, be two. Okay. Maybe one of the world boxing super series, they start with Bridgerwick. Yeah, that's what that's what I just thought then. Maybe they will, but it's it's interesting. Well, it's a good question for Kala because would they want to associate themselves with a division that's Basically, just been apart from George, it's been hammered since it was announced. 
it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? But then they would get there's some good fighters in there. Oscar Rivas and stuff. There's some good and and I think George is right. The longer it goes on, when people go, okay, we're, it's here now. There'll be a lot of heavyweights who are like, I'm not big enough for Tyson Fury or whatever. I think there'll be two. I think we'll get the first Bridgerweight world title fight early part or middle of next year, and then they'll defend it against someone and lose. Mm. George, how many do you reckon? Well, if if Kala jumps in, um, they'll create a new division, <laughs> but then they'll complete it within 12 months. There'll only be one champion, <laughs> won't there? Because everyone's going to sign in. Uh, you're fighting for a vacant belt in your first fight. Um, win that, become world champion. Then we've got a unif- two unifications in semi-final and then an undisputed champion in the final. I don't know why Kala doesn't invent a weight every year. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'd watch that. You know, if you, uh, so the prime example where I've seen the gym is Lawrence Acoli, who's he had a good win, uh, uh, you know, on the uh, Joshua undercard. Um, six, he's just a freak for the weight. He's just enormous for the weight. Um, has to boil himself down to the weight a little bit, but a comfortable cruiserweight. Can't wait for him to go up to heavyweight. I don't know what his thoughts would be on it because it's like. He's a heavyweight. To be in his prime heavyweight, he might be 15, 16, 15 and a half stone, but he's got the power, you know, to mix it with the big guys. But he wants to stay light on his feet and agile. If you told him, no, mate, you've got to get above 16 stone to be in there with, a, with, the, with the, the, the prestigious you know, names in the division to make the money, he might be like, oh, that's hard work. I'm actually going to negatively affect my performance by making myself heavier than I need to be. Um, so it's interesting. It'd be, it'd be good to put it out to the panel. Should we should ask the cruiserweights out there? Do you want another division? Because then I think of the likes of say Dave Allen, you know, um, who's never going to win a world title at heavyweight, but <laughs> he if he gets himself fit, he might be a contender. He might be a fringe contender. You're da- George, you're dangerously close here to giving Martin an excuse to bring up Alan Babich. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Here's the inaugural WBC Bridgeweight World Side fight, Alan Babich against Dave Allen. I can't believe you didn't put that in your dream fights, just Alan Babich shadow boxing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how public my um critiquing of uh, of the Babbage is, but um yeah. It's, it's pretty hard public. Hard. It's hard it's hard <laughs> to watch. It's real hard to watch sometimes. Um let's not celebrate mediocrity. Let's hope for some quality being produced next year. You know, some some quality being developed. You know, it's not all about heavyweight boxing. Um, you know, you can't just fill your shows with female boxing. You know, because you can accelerate them quickly for world title fights. Um, let's see some. Let's see some real prospects getting back into it. You know, I almost put this one down was Josh Kelly versus um, Connor Ben. Domestic fight. I want to see it. Like I do want to see it. I think Conor Ben's made tremendous improvement, and I think Josh Kelly hasn't. I don't know why Josh Kelly hasn't because we haven't. I feel like I haven't seen him. You know, I know he's had a few injuries and a few things like this, but no one ever talks about him. No one ever builds him up, profiles him, and he signed to match from the biggest, um, you know, promotional company in in the country at the moment, and he's trained by Adam Booth, one of the most famous and um, successful British coaches. You know, nothing about him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, uh, you know, these guys need to be in these fights with the profile. That could have been 
if they were both billed right, that, that could have sold out an arena. You know, that could have been a headliner at the O2 and done the great numbers. You know, obviously, we might not have any fans in arenas, so that's different kettle of fish. But even if we wasn't in this situation, um, would Eddie Hearn be confident in putting that on at the O2 and it's selling? Um, and really, it should do, you know. Joshua Boazzi versus Callum Johnson, that's an O2 arena fight. But would they be confident that they could sell enough tickets for that? You know, even Joshua versus someone like Anthony Yard, um, yeah, Joshua Boazzi against Yard, would you be confident in selling enough tickets for that? Because they, there's enough boxing fans know that this is an amazing fight. So let's let's hope next year we get some more of the prospects and, you know, the more than prospects are knocking on the door for world title level prospects. Um, get some good profiling for them. See some, see some big fights. Absolutely. Okay, two more questions. How many fights will Amir Khan and Kelbrook have combined in 2021? So if they fight each other, that counts for one each. Is Brooke, 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 what's Brooke said after the last fight, after the Crawford fight? Has he has he said anything? Is he just having a break? He hasn't. He hasn't said anything, and that's a bit of a worry. I I I, you know, I think he didn't look right in that fight. I think his punch resistance gone. Whether that's the weight getting back down to world weight, you know, whether they can agree a weight. Um, I'm, I don't think Brook will fight. I think Khan will have one fight. I'm going to go with one. Yeah, I think it's between no and one. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see either of them. Can't you would got you have got to think if you, if you don't see him, if you don't see him next year you won't see him ever again. So maybe zero is a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. But neither of them seem to. Well, especially you know Khan. What's he even doing at the moment? He's just doing other stuff, isn't he? And 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 Brooke, how long will that take to get over? Um, getting beaten like that could be zero. Could be zero. I hope not, but it could be. Final answer. Okay, zero. <laughs> okay, last question. Which of the following fighters will still be unbeaten in 12 months' time? Katie Taylor, Billy Joe Saunders, Arthur Baterbiev, Josh Taylor, and Josh Warrington. All so of them me... apart from Saunders. No, not all of them apart from Saunders and... Uh, and No, all of them apart from Saunders, who's going to lose to Canelo in May. I'm going to say all of them, and Saunders won't fight Canelo in May. Mm. That, that probably is the one that's where it hinges on. Okay, excellent. appreciate you, your thoughts, and we've got 12 months to figure out what's going to happen to the winner and loser. Right, okay, <laughs> part, part three. Let's talk some real boxing. As I said, January 2nd, next weekend, great fight to start the year. Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell. For me, I know... Garcia is the odds-on favourite, but it feels very much like a 50-50 fight. In my head, I can't I can't come down completely on one side, but okay, let's start with Luke Campbell. What is Luke Campbell's best win to date? You know, you've got you want Mendy? Yeah, maybe Mendy. Yeah, the Mendy yeah, yeah, definitely the Mendy, yeah, without a doubt, actually. That's his best win. But, yeah. It's not always about who you beat, though, is it? No, no, of course not. Of course, but it was just, you know what, it was a side thought that I had when I was thinking about this fight. I thought, who 
who's and, and listen, you can definitely say the same about Ryan Garcia because he's only twenty two yeah. years old. But this feels like Luke Campbell's last chance, definitely to this would be for an interim world title, but to win to go on and win a world title, would that be fair? Uh, yeah, I mean, just just through personally knowing Campbell, he's very fresh for a thirty-three year old. Might be thirty-four now. Um, no, thirty-three year old. He, he's he, he's very fresh. You know, he's been feels like he's been around forever. And he's had a long career. Uh, he's had some some big fights and some big losses, but um, yeah, he, he he's, he's got no real wear and tear on the body that I know of. You know, so and his temperament's pretty good. He's still still pretty driven. He still lives the life. You know, he still moves out from home and does the things that you know he's done his whole entire career. I think being so long in the amateur setup where you're away from home and you're in the testing hard fights and stuff like this, that he's just that's all he knows and he's he's fine with that. Um. It does seem that like no one's doing him any favors now, if that's the nicest way to put it. You know, like he he fought his way. He he teamed up with McGuigan. I saw him in the gym and he was working hard. And I thought he was making a lot of improvements because before then he was with Jorge Rubio in Miami and it, the style wasn't quite working for him. And before then he was training with Rob McCracken, but not full time. He was like, you know, traveling back and forth from Sheffield. And I don't think he made the the right improvements um, with McCracken. So. He made some improvements with Shane, um, boxed himself into the mandatory position, but then was fed Lomachenko, you know, who whose mandatory is a unified world champion. You know, it's no no sense. So he's had no favours done for him. And now is he a stepping stone for other fighters because um he's got that Olympic gold medal, you know, so he's got a good C V. It was Haney, they were talking about Haney before Haney was um sort of elevated to world world champion. Um now it's Garcia, you know. So it's a tough division he's in at the moment. Could he? Could he? Could he? Could he beat any of the champions? Um, but if Lopez does move up and they all sort of scatter, he could win a world title even through losing to Garcia, um, you know, next month. But it's a tough fight, tough ask for me. It's always going to be down to at the moment who's who's prep. Who's managed to get their prep right? So, I mean, fighting a couple of days into the new year where you've had to train and live the life over Christmas and New Year. And um, Campbell's now away from home. He's in Dallas. I think they only found out they were going to Dallas the last minute they thought he was going to be in California. So he's uh, he's there. He's away from his family. Um, as long as his head's screwed on and he can go out and give a, a good account of himself. And then it's down to... What's Garcia's prep been like? How much notice does he have for this fight? How much notice does he usually need? Um, is he able to fight at a drop of a hat at the worst time in the year, you know, for a, a late notice fight? So the interesting one. But um I still think I still think Cam you know, Campbell's in there, uh, and even if it doesn't go his way, wouldn't write him off. He's definitely not gonna come out and go, right, well, thank you. But um I'm off now. Um, I don't think that's in his, in his mindset at all. I guess the question deck with this fight is, can can Campbell improve much on what we've seen so far? And just how much potential is there in Ryan Garcia? Who, he's obviously very talented, but again, you can't glean too much from his record. He's got fast hands. You know, a couple of first-round knockouts. His last one against Fonseca, especially, you know, clearly got power. Is it a question of just how much more he's got in the tank, or how much? Yeah, more that's why. 
that's that's why I'm so excited about the fight because it is those intangible stuff we don't know yet. So many questions. Um, because Garcia looks great, obviously he looks the part. His record's good. He's young, fast, powerful. I think he beat Devin Haney in the amateurs. So you know he has this pedigree. Um, but at 22, he doesn't know much. And if you look at his record, like you say, Fonseca was a first round. A lot of his stoppages have been early. He's never done a 12 rounder. Um, so what do we like? Really, what do you know about him? You know he's reasonably, without being disrespectful, he's kind of obnoxious, isn't he? That's his thing on on Insta, and you know he's he's loud and out there a bit. Um, but they, they're sort of how they are told to be now, or at least that seems to be how you make a noise. So that's what he is. But with Campbell, he just knows a lot. Like like I said earlier, it's not necessarily about who he's beaten, but he's done 12 rounds with Lomachenko and Linares, two of the best pure boxers of the generation. Uh, not really hurt in either of them. You know, okay, he didn't win, but he would have learned massive amounts from those fights. So he's seen it all in that sense. He's long. I think I was looking. Garcia apparently is taller than Campbell, but Campbell's got these long arms, southpaw, awkward. Nobody's ever really going to look good against him, particularly not for me, a young guy like like Garcia. Garcia. So I feel like if Garcia goes not like if he comes out and he's the real deal and his power is exceptional, which he's shown glimpses of, then you know if he can knock Campbell out early, then yeah. But I just wonder whether it's one of them a little bit. I don't know, this might sound like a strange comparison, but a little bit David Hay, Carl Thompson sort of thing, where he seemed he, he might just t- might just tire and might just sort of get to get to eight, nine, ten rounds and be like, okay, I've hit him with or I'm not really landing, I can't really get anything off. What what am I supposed to do here? And then Campbell can just sort of take over a little bit. What I am a bit concerned about is can Campbell get a decision out there? I would th- think probably not. Um, and you would think, to, you know, th- there might be a lot of close rounds. I don't know, it's a it's really hard one to see. I don't see Campbell getting knocked out. So then I see him making it a really difficult, awkward night for Garcia. I think the smart money will be on a Garcia points win, but narrow and not particularly exciting. I feel like that's that's the thing that's sort of staring us in the face. But it could go either way. What You're right. What is Campbell? Something like four to one with some people? I don't think it's a four to one fight. No, I think it's definitely much closer. George, just on that point of sort of of Ryan Garcia getting in there and suddenly experiencing something he hasn't before, that's bound to be quite... I think that is probably Luke Campbell's best chance, as, as Dex said, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this, you know, who knows, hindsight is better thing that this might be perfect matchmaking for, for Garcia because it's, it's that test, you know, against a guy who's got a couple of losses on his record... Um, competed at the highest level, but through the losses, we've seen enough about him now to beat him. Um, but he's not gonna, I don't think he's gonna be able to go in there and blitz blitz him and you know put him away in, in, in a round or two. Definitely not. Campbell's a very good fire, experienced fire, capable fire. Um, I mean, it might have, it might have make it cold or something, but I just don't, I don't see that happening. Um, Cam, what Campbell's very good at, right? He's got that style where he throws them long, loopy, bolo, bent arm shots, right. And they're the shots you need to throw with someone who's got fast hands because you have to punch with them. So you don't, you know, try and catch and, and punch off them because they're too quick. You know, they've already got their shots gone and they've, you know, they've either 
cut loose or they've made a defensive move or whatnot. So you have to, as soon as you see something coming, you make a head head movement and you punch with them. The best shots to throw with them are the bent arm shots, you know. So even if it looks like a straight right, it's coming at an angle where it's bent over. Campbell is exceptional at that. And I'm, and I'm assuming that's what he's been drilling um, throughout this camp. And it's not necessarily something that you can prepare against because what what you're preparing against is okay as soon as you start punching someone's going to hit you like how can you prepare for that like and not everyone is able to do that but as i say campbell's style allows him to do that very well hopefully i think he does it's risky obviously because you're you're relying on a defense a head movement or a body movement or something that's keeping you within punching range but taking your head off the line so you don't get hit to land your shot at the same time um, some fighters you look at and you say, this is how you beat this guy. You, know, you have to punch with him. You know, Garcia might not necessarily be the way to beat him, but when you find someone with fast hands, Campbell has the style to be able to do that. So, you know, and that could be interesting. You know, if all of a sudden um, Garcia is trying to let stuff off, but he's getting hit with sickening horrible shots at the same time, you know, stuff that goes behind the elbow, through the middle, up under the chin, and hits you in the throat, all these little things. And then the rounds start eeping by. Um, it'd be interesting to see what his temperament is, you know. If he was just expecting mm. to roll this guy over, you know, and, you know, have a nice little Instagram highlight reel knockout, and, you know, then he can talk about it before his next fight and then start chasing the guys. He's already talking about beyond... Campbell is talking about Haney and the other champions out there and how we can do them. Um, whether, whether he's saying that just for the cameras or whether he truly believes it or not, you know, karma or whatnot sometimes can jump up and bite you. And it's not nice if you, especially if you have genuinely looked past the guy in front of you. Campbell's definitely not that guy to look past. Um, you know, I thought everyone says oh, what a fantastic account he gave of himself against um, Lomachenko. And he did. He did. But you know, he was disappointed in that in some ways. You know, he's not it's not his job to say that publicly, but he was going in there to win, you know. So he's definitely got a winning mentality. Um could be a great fight. It, it will be a great fight. Definitely great way to start the year. I, I agree though, George. I think there's a lot to be said for that. How what Garcia actually thinks of Campbell, because he might just look at his record and go, lost, 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 lost to Ivan Mendy. Yeah, this guy's not on my level. And and then he doesn't really doesn't really try that much because he's young and not that experienced. I mean, that's casting aspersions. I don't know the guy. I don't know his camp. I'm sure his trainers won't be like that. But, you know, sometimes that happens and maybe he is overlooking Campbell and then he's got a big problem. And what I, what I do want to see and what I would expect is that they're going to try and target the body with Garcia because he throws a lot of headshots. I think he's going to go, you know, just jabs to the to the gut, straight right hands to the body whenever he can, just to just, just wear him down, slow him down. So then if they can get to rounds eight, nine, ten, there's so much water in the basement, as they say, that it's just it just makes those championship rounds, which Campbell's no know, knows about and Garcia doesn't, just puts him in good stead for him. So I think they might that's got got to be one they're gonna have to do early. Stay stay nice and tight, don't get caught with anything, and just try and try and wear him down, slow him down. Because if he hasn't got his speed or if he's a, you know, just a just an inch off the pace in the second half of the fight, Campbell's got a good chance. Mm. And another fight on the zone, which is still, I believe, one ninety nine a month in the UK. We'll be back in the hours after that fight next Sunday with a look back, a review, 
Actually, I don't think there's very much more coming in January until the end, but we'll focus on that fight, see whether Luke Campbell does indeed go again or whether Ryan Garcia is the second coming. Thank you, George. Thank you, Dick, for your time over this Christmas weekend. And we'll see you both next weekend. Happy New Year, chaps. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year.